Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Arby Road podcast on a Monday evening, as always, with myself, Dermot Kavna. I'm joined this week by Arturo Bjork- Bjorkland, excuse me, and Vibeke Loft Magnussen. And we are going to fill you in on some of the most important pieces of news from the, from the last week in Europe. How are you guys doing? Fine, fine. And thank you for inviting us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, let's get into it without further ado. Vibeka, we're going to start with you. Yes. And we're focusing on Denmark. Sorry, I probably should have mentioned that at the start. So can you tell us a little bit about how the Danish people feel about the European Union, how European Danish people feel, and a little bit about this dynamic, please? Yes, of course. Uh, I can try to put a few words upon it. Um, In Denmark, there is a... um, it's very divided and the news covering about the EU is not so good. The, um, it's more national news and uh, US news that we're covering uh, in the larger, larger extent. Um, but we are uh, hearing some, some uh, news about what's happening in Germany right now with the election and also uh, when there's a important election, but it's not that common to have big, um, big news about the EU. Okay, so focusing in on a couple of news stories that I've seen, and I'm sure our our listeners and readers would have seen coming out of Denmark over the last few weeks. First one being the issue of the vaccines. So the idea was the EU take charge of the vaccines for all the member states, and nobody needs to look beyond that. But Denmark decided to turn towards Israel. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Why that happened? Yes, uh, I can try to say a bit about it. Um, we were also a bit surprised that Medefalexen, uh, our prime minister, she decided to go on this travel. Um, it was not something that we were prepared for um, in the public. Um, but the news covering about it has been more like why did the Palestinians not get the vaccines and why did we buy them? That's uh, the major issue in the news covering here. Um, it's not so much about why did we not stick to the agreement, actually. That's more in the periphery. Uh, it's more about is it, is it even right for us to buy them and why do we do that? And is it wrong to support that uh, with a political signal? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's an interesting... Let's let's start from here, if I may may intervene, um, Dermot. Um, Actually, you know, part of my family is Danish, and um, so I'm I'm, I'm very interested in what is happening there. And let's put also this, this, uh, actually, this problem, this this, uh, last things happening in in related to the vaccine strategy and Fredrik's medicine to the broader picture of Danish Danish, uh, politics, because uh, um, I mean, Vibeke, maybe you can uh, tell us something about you in the Europäische Unterm, the association, and also your political uh, memberships. And uh, it's very interesting for us uh, as progressive, uh, we believe uh, that the left movements should sustain the EU. Now, the more left party, um, the Inhildist, uh, for a long time, actually, for the European Parliament, put not on some candidates, uh, but was basically critical. EU and Mette Fredriksen, she's a social democrat and now with the vaccine she's acting in a more protectionist way and we are speaking about the minimum wage in Europe and for us Scandinavian are the progressive ones 
And we are very surprised to see that the social democratic prime minister, basically in the government, is opposing such a, um, such a, a proposition for an European uh, social policy. So let's put, uh, let's hear your perspective or the Danish perspective, also, or your in the sense from European Kingdom, about this very peculiar situation that is somehow stunning for me, uh, feeling close to the social democrats. Yes. So uh, I, my connection was just a little bad. You want me to talk about the minimum wage? Yes. Yeah, and also about uh, the general um, the general political situation, how the other parties also stand uh, um, to Europe and to the minimum wage, and why yeah. actually a social democratic government is uh, yeah. um, is uh, so distant from the yeah. European ideal. You can see on the vaccine, you can see on the minimum wage. Basically, you have a social democratic government that is not uh, truly European in uh, its beliefs, at least it seems. This is the impression one can get. Yes, yes. Um, I think to understand now, just to start with the minimum wage, um, it's important to understand the like some parts of the Danish economical system because the Danish uh, social democratic um, party they are like in the in the labor's party and they um we, we have a system that builds the the minimum wage on an, an agreement between the worker and the employer and then this agreement that makes sure that everybody gets a good agreement called in danish a or inkomst um when we make these kind of agreements we also make sure that they are not be beneath or be uh, they are not um, low um, that it can that it will be uh, beneficial not just to get the the or oh, I don't know the word in English the the money that you can get for the government if you're not employed in Denmark we call it consent so that these money that you can get that it will pay off to work and if you implement uh, a minimum wage, um, then you risk people just to not wanting to work because that is not making sense for them um, in the in our system. Perfect. So following on from that, so there's a different system that seems to be working pretty well in terms of minimum wage in Denmark, and that's okay. How? What's the feeling then? whether it be in government with politicians or at the lower level with citizens about Denmark's feeling of, let's say, European cooperation and standardization and integration. Do you think Denmark is better to have its own systems that are working or do you see European integration that it would be beneficial for Denmark too? Um, it would, um, that is also the, there's different opinions about it. There's the bigger picture and then there's the national picture of it, because if we make changes in, in the economical system in Denmark, then we have to adjust our uh, financial supports for, for the people uh, in like, like we give ESU uh, that is for people studying and consent for people not working. We have to adjust these uh, social um financial supports um if that's the case but also some parties they of course do support the the bigger of a the picture of being more united but in denmark we also have more uh national parties lately like it's like the middle has moved a bit towards 
the right spectrum, if you ask me, um, so that we take more care of our own economical system before the EU, which can also explain why the covering of EU is not as big as you could expect for a member country. Yeah, absolutely. That would make sense. Arturo, how do you view this from, as, from an external point of view, but very much a European point of view? I have to say that uh, although I have, uh, I have a great opinion of Denmark, where I think the quality of life is very high, and um, I identify also part of my uh, character in, 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 the Danish, in being Danish, but I'm uh, disappointed uh, when it comes to the politics of this social democratic government. Again, I feel also part of the social democratic family. And uh, when I read, read, for example, that um, the social democrats in the European Parliament, the Danish ones, are opposing a minimum wage, and the argument that was tweeted was Viskal Beskuta Boastenske Model, which means uh, mm -hmm. we should um, defend our Danish model. This, for me, sounds counterproductive. This is a nationalistic rhetoric that I wouldn't expect from the party that comes from a history of being internationalist and believing that is the manifest of Karl Marx, that together we are stronger, again, multinational. No little state, no little community of workers can impose a better system of workers' rights alone. And of course, we can learn a lot of Denmark for social rights protection and DSU, um, for example, is actually a good example of how a society can benefit for be beneficial for all paying students so that you have a higher degree of education. Um, but I'm uh, really disappointed by this nationalistic rhetoric going on, and you can see it in the vaccine, you can see it on the minimum wage, and you can see it, unfortunately, also on border closing regarding this corona crisis, but even before, when they started checking the, the border between during the immigrant crisis between Sweden and Denmark, that was not the social democratic uh, government, to be fair. But nevertheless, uh, I was a little bit or a lot disappointed uh, from... Uh, uh, Denmark that I consider to be as the whole of Europe uh, uh, my home. If I can add something to that. Please do, yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, the Social Democratic Party in Denmark, it is like a three division kind of um, structure. There's the political parts and then there's the professional part for the people who's getting an education and, and sign up for a uh, something called a Faubewegelse. Um, a in Danish means a, a little gathering or larger gathering um, of uh, people working uh, in a certain area and they uh, then uh, they in the Faubewegelse negotiate with the employers on your behalf. When they do this, they also make sure, like I said before, that there come a reasonable level of uh, payment. So let's say that the Minimum wage, uh, it would be lower than what is being agreed right now because what they what I've been, what I've heard. I don't hang me up on this, but what I've heard, it would probably be lower. Then we would have to adjust our social um, benefits. Um, yes, we would have to make them lower than this minimum wage, which would mean that the Danish people who can't work for one reason or another, they would get less money than they do now. And that's a social democratic problem for our government. And the last part of that uh, three division parts I spoke of before, that is the supermarket, actually, the co-op operation, they call it. 
Um, so like it's from these three um, parts that the social democratic have a close um, work, a close working together, which is of course not including then the people who start own business and such. And that would be the more liberal part of the spectrum in Danish politics. Without maybe starting a long discussion about the European minimum wage, because we'll have plenty of podcasts. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, um, trade unions also in Germany long opposed the minimum wage. Then it was introduced and it was also sustained by trade unions. Also the European trade unions agreed at the end on that, because it depends, of course, how you structure it. But then you are making a really differentiated discussion saying, we wanted to have like a lower boundary and that's actually the discussion is going on having a lower boundary of course then what you're speaking the trade unions can make deal that are above it it's it's not an upper boundary it's a minimum not the maximum wage um, anyway i the way i felt when i read a twitter saying as an argumentation to show um defend our danish model as an argument this for me is not really an argument making a differentiation a differentiation about workers uh, workers pay loan uh, payment but really using a nationalistic argument that is a really disappointing for me before maybe leaving um, the, 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 the Danish perspective, I had another question regarding the position of the other progressive parties regarding, for example, minimum wage or the broader European cooperation picture, because you have two parties, and if I remember well, you've been a member of them, the Radical mm -hmm. events there, um, which is very much, I think, European uh, federalist. Maybe you can explain some of them of that position. And on the other hand, you have Inhillist. I think Inhillist is sustaining the social democratic minority government. And I wanted to know what is the position of Inhillist regarding European issues? Are they pushing more for Europe than the social democrat or less? Well, the Inhillist is the most um, left-wing party that we have in Denmark and they are against the EU. They see it as a, um, not to be too superficial, but they see it in short words as a economical system which is suppressing the, some, some parts of the systems and they don't think it's a good idea to support. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Maybe we should also add for the one hearing the podcast uh, who, who you are, maybe exactly who you are and who are you representing. So the Europäische Ungdom Kübenhaun, maybe some word about the organization also, so we know, um, well, with your background. Oh, yes, my position in the Europäische Ungdom. Yes, yeah, exactly. uh, well, Europäische I'm, a, excuse me. And also what is Europäische Ungdom about? Of course, of course. Uh, well, I'm on the executive board in the Europäische Ungdom Kopenhagen, the Copenhagen division. Um, there are uh, different parts, uh, divisions around the country. Um, and then we have one uh, on, um, on country plan, <laughs> and like a bigger division. And we are making like, uh, I am currently making um, modeling European Union, uh, which will be like, uh, how do they make politics in Brussels and we make like a little act out of it and may have a weekend out of it uh, where you can meet people from every uh, division uh, in, in Denmark and we also make events, uh, educational events about, um, for example, I made one about uh, defense and EU 
and what we should think about that in the future and then the past and then we also make um, for example China and EU and and such uh, so it's very like educational but also very social and we have a like a great companionship in the in the European Ungdom Copenhagen so sounds great sounds really, yeah. really interesting cheers for that okay let's take the focus off Denmark for a few minutes at least Arturo do you want to tell us what happened in the regional elections in Germany over the weekend Arturo, do you still read me? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Can you hear me, Arturo? Internet is a bit slower here now. Do you? Oh, Arturo, I think you're back. Are you? Maybe not. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Well, in Germany, we had. Uh, it, why did uh, elections uh, we had uh, yesterday yesterday we had the results why are they relevant well it's about uh, two um, federal states where there were elections and uh, these elections are particularly irrelevant because in september we are going also to have our national elections so i am um, you remember Four years ago, we had our last election, and at first, it seems as the Social Democrats, with Martin Schulz as a chancellor candidate, as chancellor candidate, was in a hype, and they were winning. Then we had these federal stage elections, where actually the Social Democrats got bad results, and it was the start of a spiral that went downturn. So you know, this election can create a twist; they create an atmosphere. And they are hence also important to understand what is happening in German politics before the um, elections we are going to have in September. And these are European elections because the German government is part uh, of the is an important part of the EU legislation system actually with its ministers and its representatives in the um, EU institutions. We had we could see in Baden-Württemberg, uh, we could see the Greens winning with more than 30%. However, we have to say that uh, they had already the prime minister in Baden-Württemberg, Winfried uh, Kretschmer, um, who is uh, very uh, loved in Baden-Württemberg. So it's very difficult to understand how much uh, this result can be applied also to a national level. Because actually, it's very personal to Winfried Kretschmann, uh, Kretschmann and the, 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 the government they had. The same, you can say, on the Rheinland-Pfalz, where the Social Democrats with uh, Malu Dreyer uh, got a very good result, over 3%, being again the, strength of the strongest party. They were, she was the prime minister as well uh, in the last uh, years. Hence, she was, she's very loved uh, as well. Uh, she was for sure one of the main reasons of the success of the Social Democrats that in Baden-Württemberg got a little more than 10%, so actually had a very bad result. So you can really see how the results change regional. They are also very much bounded to person. What can, uh, what can be stated is that the Conservatives, the CDU, which will, they, it's not clear who will be the chancellor, the candidate to be, to be chancellor, um, so they are being in a transition phase, and now they are also being hidden by a wave of corruption at first, and they had a bad results. And until now, as being the executive in handling the corona crisis well, the conservatives that CDU and uh, seems to be very strong. 
this election shows they are not so strong and uh, that there is still very much dynamic uh, to the, the election in September. And in both uh, federal state where it was elected, there is the possibility of a coalition between the liberals, the greens and the social democrats, which was uh, not the possibility considered to be possible um, some time ago. So this is a little bit uh, um, Arturo, have you left us again? An overview of the results. Perfect. So you you mentioned no, that I finished actually that, that this was the overview. Perfect, Arturo. You're back. I can I can hear you. I think we're just having a little bit of trouble with your with your picture. So just a follow-up on that. How bad of a result was it for the for the Christian Democrats, for the CDU? Because we I've been reading reports over the weekend and today that yeah it was a bad loss is it as bad are people as people are making out oh arturo's gone altogether well that's a pity we're gonna have to hammer on so we'll get back to the german elections when arturo returns which hopefully will be very soon just one other bit of interesting news no to no end. i switched off the camera <laughs> arturo can you hear me I can, I can. I switched off the camera in order to hear you better. Perfect. So I just had one quick follow-up question and it was about the CDU in particular because it's pretty clear they had a bad weekend, but I just wanted to know how bad is it for them at the national it. level I, now? I could hear the question. Okay. Let's see. Suppose that you can hear me. That's why I'm going to answer. And uh, the answer is uh, it was bad, but uh, in uh, Baden-Württemberg, uh, it's uh, a long process where the Greens had become the strongest party in that uh, federal state. So it's no, not really a surprise that they are not the strongest power. In Rheinland-Pfalz, uh, has been social democratic government in the last years. So yeah, we lost for some points, but uh, they are still on the federal level, on, on the German state level, they are still the dominant power. So let's see that there is the, it brings they are in the system, but it's not uh, that they are broken. They are still the most important part in the German system. Perfect, Arturo. Thanks a million for that. And sorry to everyone who's who's listening. Who, if they they had trouble with the sound there. Um. Okay. Moving on. Last bit of news for the day that seems pretty relevant and pretty exciting is that the Spanish government have today announced that they are going to give the go-ahead for a pilot project that will see the introduction of a four-day working week. So the idea is that people would work for four days, it will be a 32-hour working week, and the project is going to include three to six thousand um, workers. So a software firm in southern Spain actually implemented the this plan, I think it was last year, 
they were the first the first corporation to do so in Spain and I think one of the first in Europe if not the first and what they saw was a reduction in absenteeism increased employee happiness and increased productivity so Vibeka Arturo Vibeka I'll start with you what do you think about this idea of the four-day working week are you in favor are you opposed I must be honest I don't know a lot about um Spanish politics uh, so I am I'm probably not the best one of us to ask um, I think that Otoro will have better opinions upon it than I will well let me just give you a little bit of background about Spain um, Spain has longer hours than the European average yet mm. significantly less productivity mm. so from a Spanish perspective at least it's pretty clear that more hours does not mean better work. Mm. So it seems to me like this is a good place to, to run an experiment like this. Arturo, what have you got to say on the matter? Well, actually, it would be interesting in knowing if um, in Denmark they discuss about uh, a, a shorter week because um, um, I remember some years ago I had a discussion about that in the young socialists uh, with the young socialists uh, in Berlin about a four working day daily. Um, I believe it may have and it's in a, um, worth to do because we, we see that uh, basically more and more of our work productivity was growing, but our wages uh, have, have, have not in that same path in the last uh, 20 years. Um, so I think we have to refine the, 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 the concept of working um, and the four, day, uh, four working day week is for certain an experiment, a progressive experiment that it's worth to do to find an equilibrium in a world where basically most of our work to survive can be done by machines. Yeah, perfect insight. I think, yeah, I, I'm excited by the proposal. I think it's a good idea. I think, as I said, Spain's a great place to, to trial it because the, the issues are so famous. I mean, general, People who believe in the project are saying, well, it'll be good for the climate. You'll see increased productivity. You'll see increased mental health for employees. So it seems like employers will win, employees will win, and we'll all win because we'll help the environment a little. So that'll be interesting to see. I think we're going to leave it there for this episode. That was a really interesting chat. Thanks a million, Vibeka and Arturo, for all the insights about Denmark and Germany. It was very Thank insightful, you. as always. Thank you for letting us join. <laughs> My pleasure. And I hope in a better connection next time. I hope I'll so hope too, better... Arturo. I hope so too. <laughs> That's where you can see, we can see that uh, the Danish Commissioner for Digitalization has still some work left to do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>